Hey guys, that time of testimonies was so powerful. I was so blessed and encouraged um, today by hearing what God was doing in, in the midst of His people. You know, God loves His people. God loves people in general. Uh, and, but, but there are these moments, they, they, I call them the defining moments where, where divinity interacts with humanity. And it's so powerful to see how a, a supernatural God, this God who has such phenomenal abilities, moves on the behalf of people who have faith in Him and, and allows His power to superimpose itself upon their situations and bring change in their life. It is so amazing when divinity interacts with humanity. It is so awesome. You know, uh, I love I love it when, when we hear these kind of testimonies. I want to encourage you. Uh, you know, when uh, you must understand how it works in, in grace. Uh, in, in grace, when we hear testimonies, especially financial testimonies, we, we think that, hey, you know, they had their last 60 dirhams and they sold their 60 60 dirhams, uh, and that's why they got that 15,000 dirhams. You, you, you must understand how it works in grace. God acts on because He loves you. He acts first because He loves you. And He, he provides for you because of His love for you. He, he takes care of you. And you must understand that when, when you put your faith in God, when you believe in God, He begins to move on your behalf. He knows your needs even before you ask Him. Even before you believe in Him, He already knows your needs. In fact, He allows these people to come around your life so that you could put your faith in God. He begins to, He allows these these testimonies to come into your life for you to hear them so that you could believe in him, that he's a God of the impossible. And so today I want to I wanna tell you the title of my message is Perfect Peace perfect peace. In this season where everybody is looking for peace in every place possible, I want to present something to you today and it's called Perfect Peace. And so we're going to open up in prayer and, uh, uh, and then we'll go right into the word. All right. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much that you are the God of the new. Father, I thank you that everything that you touch becomes new. Everything that you breathe upon receives life. And so today, Father, I ask you to breathe upon your word today. Illuminate your word in their understanding today, God. Every, every person that is hearing the sound of my voice or even watching me, God, I pray right now that you would begin to breathe the breath of life upon them, that you would touch them where they're at, Lord. Every person that is in need, every person that is, that is, uh, that, that, that is in need of love, that is in need of a good word, that is in need of encouragement, that you would breathe your breath of life upon them and you would touch them with your love today, God, that every person would experience you today. And Father, I thank you, God, that as we experience you, that our past will be transformed our minds will be renewed with a greater future ahead of us. I thank you that our hearts, that your heart for us is that we would encounter and experience a greater future in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. I would love for you to open your Bibles uh, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we'll read from verses 4 to 7. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verse 4 again and then we'll take off. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now historians believe that Paul uh, was uh, in a prison in Rome when he was writing this letter to this church. And, uh, uh, and we can understand from uh, Paul's uh, other times of visits to the prison that, that these prisons were not... And not like modern prisons that we have today. These prisons, he could have probably been in a dungeon deep in the prison. He could have been beaten. He could have been in chains while this letter was being written. And, and, and they believe that, that Paul was, was writing this, creating this moment to describe his, his external environment and his internal environment. All right. And, and Paul says, rejoice in the Lord Always, not when things are only good. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And so we, we must understand that Paul had a, had a joy on the inside of him that was much more greater than the external environment. His external environment, you must understand that in prisons those days, that people would have, you know, would have been beaten and they would have been moaning and crying. Uh, a new person would have come into jail for the first time and they would have been crying because they're experiencing prison. Uh, you know, people who have been there for years, it would have been smelling, there would have been disease all around, there would have been viruses all around. But it, it, there would have been insects and bugs and rats and all of these things. Uh, it could have been the environment that Paul was in. But yet at the same time, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. He says, and again, I say rejoice because while you're rejoicing and you look at the external environment, it will give you reason not to rejoice. But Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord, it is positional. And, and I really believe that Paul is presenting to the church today this defining moment. It's the moment where, where we make a choice. It's a pivotal moment in our life where we, we, where we make one choice that enables us to enter into a new season. And Paul is presenting to us and he's saying this, that in this season, don't make a choice according to the external environments, but make a choice. Choose the Lord. Choose to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice, And so every time we begin to respond to our external environments, we're communicating to the enemy that we are weak. It communicates to the enemy that and it, it, it tells the enemy that we want to wage a war with him. 
And in this season, God is encouraging us not to engage with the enemy, not to fight our battles outside of a place of peace, not to, not to wage our war outside of being in Christ. And Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord is positional. I need to be in Christ, in my mind, in my body, in my spirit. I need to be positioned in Christ always. Now, a good sign, uh, a good sign that your faith level is really high is if you check the joy level in your heart. I was asked a, a, a question uh, some time ago uh, about my, uh, what, I, what my um, opinion was about this pandemic and, uh, and, and all of these, these things that are happening in the world right now. And I found myself really struggling to communicate um, my understanding of the situation, to be very honest. And, and I discovered that the more I, I spoke about it, the more my joy level actually went down. And, and the reason why is because God gave us a prophetic word that no virus will touch our body. And in fact, he said, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't research it. Don't even give it attention. Just walk away. Just move on with your life. Right. And so when he gave us that word, when I was asked in the information about this, this virus, I was really struggling to communicate. But when I started communicating, I realized that, that my joy level started going down and my faith in God started going down. It was simple conversation. Now, I get asked questions all the time. And as a pastor, I need to address these questions. But, but you must understand that God had given me a word not to touch it, not to look at it, not to research about it, not even to talk about it. And because of that, I, when, when I was answering the question, my joy level was an indicator that I was being pushed out from a place of perfect peace. I was pushed out of my position in Christ. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying that, that you can't talk about things like this or anything. That was the word that I received as, as, a, as a pastor over my church. And that was the word that I released over, over the people in our church. Not to talk about it, not to address it, not to wage war with it, not to fight with it, not to intercede against it. Why? It's because God told us, don't engage with a defeated enemy. And so we must position ourselves in a place where if your joy level is going down, you need to know that you have started getting impressed by what the enemy is doing. And it, it's, it's so important that the more we highlight the works of the enemy, the more we talk about it, the more we, we say, hey, you know, this scheme is going on, this scam is going on, and this is what's happening with vaccines, and this is what's going on with this, and, and it, the virus went from here to there, and all of this stuff, we position ourselves to be moved from our position in Christ. And so you must understand the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, then fear also comes by hearing. It's a good word. If faith comes by hearing and hearing, fear also comes by hearing and hearing. But the problem is that it's the wrong source. 
We're hearing and hearing news channels, media outlets, we're social media, our friends and family, everybody who's fearful is beginning to talk to us. And if you give your ear to those voices, instead of faith growing, getting stronger on the inside of you, fear becomes stronger on the inside of you. And when fear becomes stronger on the inside of you, it shifts you off your position in Christ. And Paul is saying, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I want to I wanna give you a word that God is not impressed by the schemes of the enemy. If God is not impressed by the schemes of the enemy, neither should you be. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Just receive that word. God is not impressed by what the devil devil does. God is not impressed by his plans. You know why? Because he doesn't even respond to his plans. God has a perfect plan and he moves according to his plan and purpose for your life. So if every time, if every time fear begins to grow on the inside of you is because you've given yourself to listen to the wrong word. And when you listen to the wrong word, it positions you outside of faith. It positions you outside of Christ. And the enemy wants to distract you from your position in Christ. And one way you know that your position, you've lost your position, is check your joy level in your heart. Is your joy level based on the things and the circumstances in your life? Or your joy level is based on what Christ is doing in your life? True joy comes when you, when you are in Christ, you have joy, you rejoice in the Lord. What is the Lord doing for me today? Wow, thank you, Lord. You, you gave me the air to breathe. You just, you just have, you rejoice. Man, I'm celebrating the, that I'm alive today. I'm celebrating that, that it is through Jesus I'm receiving life today. This is what it means to, to rejoice in the Lord always. Have you met a Christian that was depressed? Yeah, I have. Heaps of them. Lots of them. And you know why they're depressed? It's because they're listening, they're hearing. Fear more than faith. Every time you hear the word of faith, every time you hear the word of God and you believe the word of God, there's a joy on the inside of you that is unquenchable. There's a joy that, that bubbles forth from the inside of you and it begins to flow outside of you. You become such a, such a contagious person, not for the virus, but for joy. Have you ever been around people who are just joyful? I mean, there are people who, who are so full of joy all the time that it's contagious. I feel like Christians need to be the most contagious people in the world, but not for viruses and sickness and depression, but for joy and hope and faith and peace. This is what we're meant to, we're meant to be releasing into the world. And so I commission you today. I want to commission you to be full of joy and release joy in the world, release peace in the world, release hope and love and faith, release it into the world. This is what we need to be contagious about. So, right. So coming back to, to, to what I was saying, that, that if, if the more I hear the word of God, it positions me in God. Every time I'm, I'm taken out of my position, I lose peace. I lose peace. You know why? Because it, it fear causes me to, to get distracted. It causes me to lose the hope for what God wants to do in, in my life. And so I want, to, I, want to, I want to go deeper into this subject. And I want you to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 
26. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 26. <clears throat> the more we talk, the more we discuss about what the enemy is doing, we will be shaken. We will lose our joy, but at the same time, we will be shaken out of a place of perfect peace. God wants us to be in perfect peace. But every time you're in the perfect will of God, you've received the word of God, you'll be in perfect peace. So I want to, Isaiah chapter 26, we'll read from verse 1 onwards. It says this, in that day, this is the day that the kingdom of God has come. All right. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. And this is the song. It says, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. This is such a phenomenal passage or or, or this is such a phenomenal prophecy that Isaiah is giving uh, to us that the Lord is speaking through Isaiah. And he he starts off by saying this, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. That word bulwarks, it it, it means this. When, When he says God has given salvation for walls, he's talking about the walls of our mind. He's talking about the walls, the the strongholds that we build, the strongholds or the outer walls of a city that keeps the city safe. All right, so I want you to imagine your mind and I want you to imagine a fortress now, okay? So he's saying that God will appoint salvation which means he will rescue you, he will save you, he will, he will, he will deliver you, right? Salvation is an, is, a, is, a, is an experience, but also it's a work in progress, all right? So we experience salvation, our spirits are saved the day we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but then over, over our lifetime, we keep getting saved every day. How it works is God renews our mind. And when he renews our mind, he reveals to us who the new creation is. The Bible says that we are no longer the old, but we have become new in Christ. We're a new creation. The old is gone and behold, all things have become new. All right. So, so if, so every time I renew my mind with the word of God, right, God renews my mind. He reveals to me who the new creation is. And the Bible says that as I behold, I become. And so when I behold the new creation, I am transformed, translated into the image and likeness of the new creation. I hope you understand what salvation is. Salvation is not just you going, uh, receiving Jesus and going to heaven. No, salvation is an experience where your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, you are, you're, you're, you are going to go to heaven. You're, you are in etern- you're an eternal being. But at the same time, you are being saved every single day. The more word you receive into your life, the more your mind is renewed. But also at the same time, when your mind is renewed, 
the Lord builds what your mind is renewed with. He builds it into a wall that protects the city. It protects your mind, right? And so he says this, it, it, it appoints salvation for walls and bulwarks. That word bulwarks, means ramparts. It means those, those city walls are, are broad. It's, it's so broad that people can walk on it. it uh, chariots can go on it, right? Uh, and this, the, what happens is that when, the, when, a, when a wall, uh, when, when an enemy comes to attack the city, you can actually defend the city from the ramparts, from the bulwarks, right? So, so basically what he's saying, he's given us his salvation that, that, that now begins to defend us, but also fights our battles. This is phenomenal, right? And so he goes on to say, open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. Now, if you were to imagine, like I was saying, that, that this is your mind. He's saying, open your mind only to righteous words. It's very important that you understand that. Don't open your mind to anything that is unrighteous. Open your mind only to the righteous. Why? Is because the righteous believe the truth. Have people around you who speak truth into your life, who speak God's word into your life. Don't allow the word of the news media, social media, any form of media, anything. There's a lot of people whom the enemy is raising up in this day and age. That their sole purpose is to create division in your mind. Their sole purpose is to fill your mind with negativity. Right, so so that you so that negativity can enter into the mind and begin to destroy the mind from the inside out. But here he's saying that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. I only allow people to speak into my life that speak God's word to me. We must be strong like that, and we must be we must be fervent because I, I'm not I'm not willing to entertain any form of news that does not give me hope, that does not give me uh, life. We, we must defend our mind like that. We must defend, we must protect our minds. And so he's saying, so that the righteous may enter. And every time the truth enters into your mind, it sets you free from your past. Come on, that's a good word. Every time the truth enters into your mind, your walls, the strongholds become stronger. The ramparts become broader. And the enemy, it's harder and harder for the enemy to enter into your mind. But even though you have big walls, even though you have massive ramparts, you still have gates. And, he, and, and he's saying, open the gates only to the righteous. Only to the righteous. He says he keeps the truth, that the truth may enter in. And then he goes on to say in verse 3, you will keep him, this is beautiful, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This is very, very important for you to understand. Isaiah is saying that God will keep him, the person, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. That word stayed means dedicated. It means uh, steadfast. You, you, it means focused. You have a laser sharp focus on God. He said God will entrust his perfect peace, peace that has been perfected. Not the peace that the world gives you that, that today you have peace and tomorrow you don't have peace. 
And you have to fight for peace. You're here, you don't have to fight for peace. Here, peace, the, the battle has already been won by Jesus. The work has already been done. And he's releasing perfect peace to the one who dedicates himself, who is focused on God. And this is what he's encouraging us. If you want, in this, in this season, in this day and age, when we need peace, he says, peace is not, doesn't come to you by meditation. Peace doesn't come to you by going into a mountain and sitting on, on top of the mountain and humming from morning till night. Peace is, doesn't, doesn't come to you by fasting and praying. Peace comes to you when you stay focused. You are dedicated you are committed to him. When you wake up in the morning, please don't think that I'm, that I'm, I'm saying anything about meditation uh, or people who meditate. I, I'm, I meditate every single day. I meditate on God's word and I meditate every day and when I wake up in the morning, I do it. But my, but my meditation only enables me to has, have a laser sharp focus on God. It doesn't, meditation does not give me peace, but meditation positions me to have a sharp focus on God's word, on God himself, right? So, so he's saying, so the one who really, uh, who, who is steadfast on the Lord is the one to whom he gives peace. You must understand, he's talking about the kingdom of God as well. And in the kingdom of God, he, 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 he every single person who is in the kingdom of God, he gives peace. Peace to the one whose mind is on him. And if you're in the kingdom of God, if you're not in the kingdom of God, I want you to come into the kingdom of God by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And, and, and we, we, he gives perfect peace while you're in the midst of a storm. There's something different about you. There's something different. You're in, you're in perfect peace. So the word peace in, in Hebrew, um, most, most of us know this, the word peace means shalom. And every time you say the word shalom, it refers to something that is complex with lots of pieces that is in the state of completeness or wholeness or is perfect. So what that means is, uh, it, it means that, um, uh, uh, for example, shalom also refers to a wall that is built. With built with bricks and the different parts and aspects of this wall that is built and the wall is held together by peace. Now, if you, uh, if you were to compare that wall to your life, it, it would mean there's so many different aspects of our life. We have our marriage, we have our kids, we have all these represent a, bricks in our life. We have our work, we have our businesses, we have relationship, we have with friends, we have, we have community, we have our church. We have, we have all these areas of our life that literally builds our life together and we have a wall. Now, if you were, if, if, if something were to happen to the wall, it means, that, that bricks, those bricks are beginning to fall apart. When the wall falls down, a portion of the wall falls down, it means that you've lost your shalom. It means that you've lost your peace. And so now, now, if you were to think about it in your life, if there's an issue with your work and you lose your job and there's this 
oh, there's this feeling on the inside of you. It's because of your work, your wall has fallen down and now you've lost your peace. The enemy has entered, fear has entered into your mind. And so what, what we need to do is when we have perfect peace, it means that God is the one who keeps the wall together. When your mind is steadfast on God, he keeps the, the, the wall together. If you were to think about it in, a, in, a, in, a, in another uh, aspect would be the human body. We have so many different organs in the body, so many different pieces and, and so many, it's a complex system. But God is the one who keeps it together. If one organ in the body were to fail or something would happen to one part of your body, it literally means that you would lose your peace. And so God is the one who, um, who uh, is saying to us that if your mind is steadfast on the Lord, on God, he is the one who gives perfect peace, which means that he is the one that holds your life together. There's a, the, the, the scientists have said that a, a, a normal adult has about 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. Can you imagine 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day? Just imagine that fortress of your mind, the stronghold of your mind. What's happening on the inside is complex. Nobody fully understands the mind of a person. Only God knows the mind of a person. But see, when that mind, when the Bible says that whenever you do something, do it unto the Lord. So, so every time you're, you, you have thoughts in your mind, if it's not as if it is unto the Lord, guess what's going to happen? Your wall's going to fall down and fear's going to enter in and you're going to lose your shalom. Shalom or peace is, is calmness. It's, it's uh, tranquility. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a freedom from disturbance. That's what peace means. It's the peace. It's a supernatural peace that comes from God. It's not a peace that comes when you, when you get a breakthrough or a miracle or something amazing happens in your life. It's not a peace. I mean, or when you go on a holiday, for example. I mean, we're in a region where everybody goes on holiday, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a year. I just need to get out of here, man. Oh my gosh, you know, my life is so busy. I got to go on a holiday. I got to take a break. You know, we, we kind of use all these, these things and we just want to... Actually, it's just a modern form of escapism. And we just want to run away from here and we just need to break. We need to sit in a mountain. We need to sit where there's no people and we just need to breathe air and then we come back here. Let me tell you something. You can stay here for as long as you want. You don't need to go on a holiday. The holiday is shalom. It's the perfect peace of God. That is your holiday. Now, I'm not saying don't go on a holiday, okay? Please don't, don't, don't. But, but at the same time, you don't go for a holiday because you want to escape the, the, this place. Because when you come back, it's still the same. But actually, it's in this moment, it's in this place where when everything is, the circumstance around you is just crazy, you choose to rejoice in the Lord. You choose to find yourself in perfect peace. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. This is the the last 
portion or the last chapter of the book of Romans. And this Paul is saying his goodbyes to everybody uh, in, in the church in Rome. And I want to read from verse 17 because there's something powerful about the peace of God that you need to understand. And he says this, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Come on now. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. This is where it's going to drop now. He says this, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Come on now, that's powerful. Give somebody a high five, a digital high five and say, yes, that is my God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So Paul is trying now, before Paul, uh, he's signing off this letter. He says, I want to give you one last piece of advice. He says, there are people in your life, people in the church, sometimes people in your business or your workplace who will come to you, right? That the, the enemy has raised them up to do this one thing. And that is to come to you with smooth and flattering speech. And they come to you, brother, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But they're, they're not really working for the Lord. Why? It's because they have their own vision. Every time a person has another vision other than the word of God, other than God's vision, he's come to cause division. That's two visions. It's, it, every time a person, I'll repeat myself, every time a person comes with another vision other than God's vision for your life, for your family, for your church, is come to cause division. And Paul is saying, listen, those people, avoid them. Avoid them. Avoid those news channels. Avoid the social media that you really like hanging on. Uh, avoid the people who really talk anything else outside of the doctrines that you have learned. Now, in our church, the, our main doctrine is life. We believe in long life. We believe in abundant life, eternal life. And that life is something that God has, has come to give us. If you come into our gatherings and you speak death, we're not going to listen to you. You come and speak, you, your speech has no hope. We're not going to listen to you. We, we, we love you, but we're not going to listen to what you have to say. The reason why is because we choose. We've, our, our culture is based around this doctrine of life. Everlasting life. We want to live long, man. We don't want to give up, give our, our life over to another vision because God has given us one vision and we're going to stick on that vision. And so Paul is saying, for your obedience, this is verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. That is a phenomenal statement that the obedience of people is known to all. I would love to be known as a person who is obedient to Christ. 
How about you? Would you like people to know you as a person that no matter what happens in your life, that you were obedient to Christ? No matter, no, no matter who came and gave you whatever vision, that you stuck with the vision that God gave you for your life, that God gave you for your family, that God gave you for your church? I would love to be known as a person who, who loved his wife, who, who, who gave up his life for his wife. Come on now, we've got to be people who are known. I don't want to be known as a preacher more than I was known as a person who was obedient to the word of God. I don't want to be known as a, as a person who did miracle signs and wonders but never loved his wife. I want to be known as a person who loved his wife completely, who gave up his life for Jesus. I'm not, I'm not interested in knowing people knowing that I had a great life but did not love Jesus. I want to be known as a person who loved Jesus more than my life. And so Paul is trying to say, hey, if people want to know you, they should know you because of your obedience, not because of how great you're a worship leader or how great of a pastor or how great of a preacher or how great the miracle signs and wonders are done through your life. You should be known for your obedience. Why? It's because God is giving you a vision. And when God gives you a word, you stay strong in that word. You don't give up. You hold on no matter what the circumstances around you. Hold on to that word. He says, therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil, these evil people. And then he says, when you're in that place, when you're not moved, when, you're, when your vision, when, you're, when you hold on to the vision that God has for your life, he says, then the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. You must understand this. If you are in Christ, if you're rejoicing in Christ in the circumstance and you're not moved from a place of perfect peace, now you empower or you give God the, 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 uh, the, the freedom to crush Satan under your feet. He can, oh my God, this is powerful. He, he's not even crushing Satan under his feet. He's crushing Satan under your feet. Your position is in Christ and he's crushing Crushing is completely opposite. The crushing nature is completely opposite to the peace that we think we understand. If we say peaceful, it means like, oh yeah, just walk all over me, brother. Just walk all over me. No, no, no. I want to tell you this. Peace is the most dominant aspect. The most dominant and the most prevailing aspect of God's nature. Peace is dominance. Peace is dominance. When you're peaceful, when you make a choice to remain peaceful, he begins to crush Satan under your feet. It's this, it's this phenomenal aspect of God it's, it's, it, that, that when you choose to, to plant yourself in his word, that everything else around you that is not part of God begins to get crushed, crushed under your feet. We must understand that he is a God of peace. Which means peace is not what God does. It is who he is. He is, he is peace. It, it is his nature. It is his virtue. Peace is a virtue. It's an attribute of God. And this attribute of God is something that God shares with people. It is something that is impartable. It is something that God can release and he can give to you. Please understand this. When, when, uh, when there is uh, a storm happening in our life, when there's an enemy that is already defeated, when that enemy starts trying to act um, dominant, 
if you know that the enemy is different, your attitude towards the attacks of the enemy are completely different. You don't, you don't fight with him. You don't even talk to him. You don't even wrestle with him. You don't even intercede against you. You don't even fast and pray. All, we, all these things that Christians do only reveal that you are more fearful than you are faithful. God never said when the enemy attacks you, brother, fast or sister, fast and pray. Intercede, hallelujah, starts hollering and screaming and shouting, fast for 16 hours and then uh, fast for 15 hours and pray for 15 hours and then God will move. Come on, man, we're in, we're in grace now. We're in grace, we don't have to sow in order to receive. In order for us to sow, God gives us first. Come on, the Bible says that he loved us first. So we, we must understand that, that when we are in this place where God... Uh, is, is crushing the enemy under our feet. Don't engage with crushed eggshells. Come on now. He's a God of peace. It is his nature. Shalom is his nature. Peace. He's calm. He's not, he's not moved. He's not impressed by the schemes of the enemy. So why should you be impressed by the schemes of the enemy? So you must understand that if peace is his nature, it's his attribute, it's who he is, then the atmosphere of heaven is prevailing peace. It's dominant peace. Peace is the atmosphere of heaven. You must understand that. Where God is, there is perfect peace. God is not trying to perfect peace in his presence. His presence is perfect peace. I've heard people say this statement before, that peace is not the absence of war. It is true. Peace is not the absence of war or conflict. But peace is, it is the presence of the atmosphere of heaven in your life. Peace is the presence of the atmosphere of heaven in your life. When you, when you understand that, the, that the, in the kingdom of God is, is saturated by peace, wherever the kingdom of God is manifested, guess what? Peace is manifested. Not striving, not fighting, not trying to work out your faith with fear. No, 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 this is perfect peace. Perfect peace. And he, he wants us to, to have this atmosphere. Can you imagine going to your office while everybody is, is talking about this virus and you just walk in with the atmosphere of heaven? Oh, this is so phenomenal. Just walking with joy, unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. In fact, it's just hitting you right now, wherever you are. Joy is just beginning to fill you. Peace is beginning to fill that place wherever you are sitting, that living room, that car where you're sitting. Just don't close your eyes right now if you're driving and listening to this message. But peace is just beginning to fill you right now. (laughs) So the atmosphere of heaven is peace. Is prevailing peace. Just imagine that when you're in the office, in this, there's a storm happening for your sales targets. Just like Judy, I know my God. I know we will get it. And that peace begins to crush every doubt, every anxiety around them. It's prevailing peace. It's dominant. Peace is dominant. And God wants to give us this peace. So he says that, that, that um, the God of peace will crush Satan under his feet. Such a, such a promise to have. Such a promise to have. 
peace is not a weakness, but when you're in perfect peace, God defines his strength to you. He reveals his strength to you when you are in perfect peace by crushing your enemy, by crushing your situation. You know, I'm reminded of of, um, uh, Paul and Silas in the prison, you know, in Acts chapter 16. Now again, Paul is in the prison. I think he spent more time in prison than outside. But thank God, because he got some time to, to, you know, write some good stuff for us. We wouldn't have the word if it wasn't for Paul in prison. Anyway, so um, we see Paul um, and Silas in prison. And the Bible says that they were bought before the, the scribes and Pharisees. And they were beaten with rods. They were beaten. And they were thrown in the deep the deepest part of the dungeon. They were thrown in there. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the warden was, the jailer was given a strict instruction to put them, bind them, but also watch over them. And the Bible says that while they were in that prison, all beaten up, at midnight, they begin to praise God. They begin to praise God. They were not looking at the environment. They were not crying out to God because of, oh God, look, we're preaching the gospel for you and now we're suffering for you. Oh God, would you be my deliverer? Look at how I'm suffering. These are the prayers that we normally pray, Christians pray. But I want to encourage you to, to be like Paul and Silas. Begin to, when you are in perfect peace, begin to respond to God according to the peace in you. And so Paul and Silas began to praise God because they were, hey, brother, we're in chains. Praise the Lord. We're in chains. Oh my gosh, we're beaten. Rejoice in the Lord. We're rejoicing in the Lord because we were beaten for God. What a privilege it is for us to to experience this. And so the Bible says at midnight, there was an earthquake. The walls began to shake. And the Bible says that everyone's shackles were loose. Now just think about that. Everyone's shackles were loose. Not just Paul and Silas. When you are in perfect peace, the shackles of your family will begin to fall out. The shackles of your business, every single person who's not even saved in your company, in your business, in your school, in your college, in the city and in the, in the nation, just because you are in perfect peace and you begin to respond to God in opposition to what is happening around us. That's when God begins to crush everything that binds people around you. You must understand how powerful peace is. Peace is one of the most powerful weapons that we have that God has given to us. So when, we, when they began to praise God, the jailer wanted to kill himself. But hey, listen, he, they went up to him and he's like, hey, hey man, we're still here. We're not, we're not leaving. We're here. And it is from this place, you must understand that God crushes the enemy when we begin to respond to God from a place of perfect peace. Now, the atmosphere of heaven, ladies and gentlemen, begins to infiltrate and dominate every other atmosphere that comes from another vision. If people around you, if, you, if you've allowed the TV in your house to, to blare out negative news, uh, fake news and all the kinds of news, and that atmosphere is in your house, if you choose to remain in perfect peace, then the atmosphere of heaven begins to crush every other atmosphere 
that it arises up from another vision. I hope you understand this because this is key for us to receiving the victory that God has for us. So we must understand that peace is something that that infiltrates and dominates, but peace is also transferable. And I want you to go to John chapter 14 and I want you to read something that Jesus tells his disciples in verse 27. He's talking about the gift of his peace. Actually from verse 25, let's read from verse 25. And he says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And here we go. He says this, peace. I leave with you. Wow. Until I read this scripture, I did not know that I can leave peace. I can give peace. We must understand this is the nature of God is that you can release an impartation without the person even asking for it. If two of your friends are having an argument, you can step in the middle and not try to create peace. By saying, oh no, no, separate, don't have a fight, try to negotiate with each one, come to a compromise so that there's peace. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is the presence of the atmosphere of heaven in a situation. And while you're standing there, you can release the peace of God, saying, peace I give to you. And Jesus says this, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives Do I give to you? He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is a powerful statement, ladies and gentlemen. He's saying, peace I give to you. I'm reminded of the times when when Jesus was sending out the disciples. He says, go, when you go out and you preach the gospel, when you go out and preach, you go into someone's home, He says, look inside the home to see if it is worthy. Oh, this is powerful. And if they are worthy, bring your peace. But if they are not worthy, take your peace and leave. Why? Is because peace, the peace of God is something that brings, if the person is worthy of it, then you begin to release peace over them. Now just think about this, that the Bible says that while we were yet in sin, while we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us, which means that while we were still sinners, he found us worthy. We're not looking for Christians in order to release peace. We're not looking for perfect people who are Christ-like in order to receive peace, to release peace into them because they already have the peace of God. They should have the peace of God in them. If you're a Christian, you already have the peace of God on the inside of you. But if, if we are looking at circumstances and situations that are hostile, we're looking at a, at a at nation, at the world that is suffering because people that are suffering because of a pandemic, they are worthy of peace. 
I want you to, to change your perspective, change the way you're thinking about this situation. I want you to, to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you go into a home, release your peace. Because peace is the most dominant factor, the most prevailing aspect of God's nature that will bring everything in that home down. But if they reject you, take your peace and go away. It is something that is transferable. I, I, you know, we, we need to make a commitment to God. We need to make a commitment that says, my home, my family, my home will be a home of peace. Today I want you to pray that out aloud and just make that commitment to God and say, God, I, I want my home. I declare that my home will be a home of peace. My family will be a, a, a family of peace. My business will be a business of peace. My workplace will be a, a workplace of peace. My city will be a city of peace. My nation, this nation will be a nation of peace. Right now, just begin to open up your mouth and just begin to pray out aloud and just declare it right now. Declare it over your family. Declare it over your marriage. Declare it over your children. Declare it over, over, over your finances. That your finances will be full of peace. Wherever you are, just begin to declare that. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Because if your heart is troubled, if you're afraid, it's because you've stepped out of perfect peace. Now I want you to go back to Philippians chapter 4. And Paul is saying the same thing that Jesus is saying. He's saying this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, I say rejoice. The more opportunity you get not to rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. That's basically what he's saying. Verse 6, he says what Jesus says. He says, be anxious, fearful for nothing. A lot of people suffer from anxiety. In fact, right now, I'm releasing peace to those who are suffering from anxiety. People who don't know, but at nighttime they're lying on their bed. I can see people lying on their bed and your heart is racing. There's subconscious fear. The subconscious is controlling your body. And you don't know that, uh, that this trauma that has happened in your life that is on your conscience and, and it's happened in your body. The memory of trauma in the body is causing you to have palpitations and it's causing you to have anxiety attacks. Right now, people who are having anxiety attacks I release the peace of God over you. You will not have anxiety attacks from this moment on. In fact, the peace, I transfer peace. My peace, I give to you. He says, be anxious for nothing. Nada. No thing. Be, don't be anxious for a virus. Don't be anxious for money. Don't be anxious for popularity. Don't be anxious to be a celebrity. Don't be anxious about social media. Don't be anxious about how many subscribers you have on YouTube. Don't be anxious for how many followers you have on Instagram. Be anxious for nothing. That means the opposite is being be peaceful about something. In fact, be peaceful about someone who will supply all of your needs according to his riches. 
And he goes on to say, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Look, look, just look at the attitude of how we communicate with God. Sometimes you go to that, God, you, I know you love me. That's, that's not, that's not, that's anxiety. That's not, that's not thanksgiving. That's not prayer. That's not peace. Paul is saying when you communicate to God, reveal to him that you're in a state of peace. He knows already, but sometimes it's good to also reveal that you're in a place of peace. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, God, I thank you that this virus has changed the way I think. I thank you that this virus, because of this virus, I'm at home and there's a lockdown. I'm so grateful that I get to be locked down with you. <laughs> you know, that, that's what it means to, to pray, to pray with thanksgiving in your heart. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means God's peace, don't even try to understand it. Don't even try to understand. Is there a method in how it happens? Is there a key, brother? Give me five steps to the peace of God. No. His peace surpasses. It's greater than all understanding. Even if you try to read all the books and get all the understanding about peace, His peace surpasses all of that. Why? It's because sometimes our understanding can limit us. It can cause us to become religious. It can cause us to, to enter into methods than relationship. And he's saying, hey, the peace of God comes only through relationship, comes only through trusting, comes only through this place of saying, you know what? For eternity, I belong to you. He, and he goes on to say this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm reminded in John 17, Jesus makes this statement. And, and we'll close with this. He says, in John 17, Jesus is praying. And he says this, he, he, this is now Jesus praying. He's not teaching the disciples to pray. This is his communication with the Father. And Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this, verse 3, is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent this is eternal life that they may know you the passion translation says it's so beautiful it says that they may know you they may know and experience you you know what that means that means that when you give your life to Jesus because He is eternal, He is your God for eternity. He is your Lord for eternity. He is your provider 
for eternity. He is your protector for eternity. He is your healer for eternity. I mean, I can keep going down the list, but you must understand that God is eternal. And when you get saved into the kingdom of God, you become as eternal as God is. And for eternity, He is committed to you. He commits Himself to you. You must understand the scope of this right now because when you understand the scope of this, it'll position you in perfect peace while there's a storm happening. While there's a storm happening, it'll come to you to doubt, get doubt into your mind so that you can doubt God. That God, you, you're not going to protect me during this, this virus that is happening around. No. God is protecting you because He's not just this virus. He protected you from car accidents that you did not even know about. He protected you from, from, He healed you from diseases that you did not have symptoms about. Come on now. He, when, when, you, when He saw that your, the money was becoming less in your bank account, He provided that bonus for you so that you could have that money in your bank account. You must understand, He provides for you even when you don't know. He protects you when, he, when you don't even know. He heals your body when you don't even know. He's committed to you for eternity. And it positions you in such a place of peace. He wants you to be in peace, in perfect peace, so that He could crush your enemy under your feet. For eternity, He is your God. And I want to, in this moment, I want to I give you an opportunity right now to enter into this relationship with God, your Heavenly Father. Wherever you are, if you want to if you want to have this relationship with God you want to have you want to experience uh, uh, knowing God and experiencing God and having a relationship with God wherever you are just say the Bible says that um, that he who believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life that whoever he doesn't say only Christians he says whoever believes in him not gets converted but whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life one of the one of the meanings of the word peace is the word prosperity that whenever you are in perfect peace he positions you in perfect prosperity and God wants to prosper your soul. He wants to prosper your body. He wants to prosper your business. He wants to prosper your work. Every aspect of your life, He wants you to prosper. But He wants to give you perfect prosperity. This is powerful. So wherever you are in the world, if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus says, the only way to the Father is through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If that's you, I want you to comment in, in, the, in the chat, live chat right now and say, I believe, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just begin to do that. Just type it out and say it out loud and type it on that, on that chat and just send it out there and we will pray for you. We will call you by name and we will pray for you. And I just believe right now that there are people around the world who are, who are coming into a place of, of receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Just begin to receive Him. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Lord, take me as I am and use me for your glory. Today, my sins are forgiven. I thank you, Jesus, for receiving me 
into the kingdom. Just begin to call out to God right now. If you've never prayed, if you've never spoken to God, I want you to know that He listens to you right now. He hears every thought that you have. Every heart beat, He is the one who hears it. Every time you breathe, He hears it. I want you to to just pray right now. Just receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and receive this relationship with an eternal God. Allow Him to rescue you and save you. It's not about going to heaven, but it's about experiencing heaven on earth. And I want to pray for every single person right now. I want to declare God's peace over you. That no matter what the circumstance or situation in your life, or how dangerous it may be, I release perfect peace into your life. That this week you will experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And this week will be a week week of victory. This week will be a a week of, of victory. You will experience Satan being crushed under your feet this week. I prophesy and I declare over you that you will remain in perfect peace. And when you remain in perfect peace, Satan is crushed. Every plan of the enemy, every vision that is not God's vision for your life will be crushed under your feet. And I declare right now that the atmosphere around you, that you will be a carrier and a releaser of the atmosphere of heaven. I release perfect peace into your life now in Jesus' name. Bless you and I'll see you in a little bit.